0: What's up? I hope you are having a great day. It is I, Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I have a very special episode planned for you today. My guy, Zach Lund, coming on to talk all things NBA playoffs for the first half. And then the second half, we're really gonna hone in on the Mavericks. My guy Lunn is a huge Mavs fan, so we talk a lot about them, their upcoming offseason, and some different moves that they can make. It's a great podcast. Hopefully, you stick around for the whole thing. But before we get into it, double B. Bruce Buffer it's time! Thank you Bruce Zach Lunn What's up buddy How are you doing what's man?
1: Up? What's up What's
0: up Man I am I'm so glad you're on It's nice to have you know, a Zach on here who actually knows basketball. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest.
1: Let's be honest. This was a little overdue. Very um, overdue. ZG's on here probably. Probably talking some Skip a takes. So, <laughs> had to get a real Zach on.
0: Hey, that's exactly. That's exactly what we had to do. So, let's start with the Heat 76 Sixer series. The Heat are up three games to two. Coming, coming into the series, what did you kind of think? Were you... Expecting it it to be three games to two. Did you? What was kind of your feeling going into it compared to now?
1: To be honest, I mean, Miami is—I don't want to say sneaky because they've proven. I mean, over the past two years, I mean, three years now, they're they're competitive. They're dogs. They're that team that I mean, they're going to get in your face and they're going to play hard. And that's a team I love to watch. is a team that's going to play hard. A team that's going to stick together. Something that's just Mm -hmm. success. Um, Sixers talent. I mean, that's, they got a beat. um, they got hard in there. Um, they got some drama off their team. So I, I, I expected it. I expected, I'll put it this way. I expected Miami to win. Um, I think there's some injuries involved that on the Sixers side that are definitely hurting them, but I kind of see it how it's been playing now. I mean, last game was kind of brutal for, uh, the Sixers. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, um, Embiid just B didn't look great. I'm not buying the whole he was upset cuz he didn't win MVP thing like No, I'm not buying that either. I just I think it was he has a concussion, um his wrist is hurt, uh his I think he like broke a bone in his face. He's just got a lot of, of injury issues. I would chalk it up more to that than him just being upset. I think the biggest takeaway though is I feel like the Sixers felt like when they acquired Harden that they were going to be fine for the next two or three years. And Harden looks like he's 40 years old. And that is, and they're not going to be fine for the next two or three years unless he's the third option and Maxi comes on a little bit more. What do you kind of think about that?
1: I mean, we, yeah. I think everybody can kind of be honest watching it. I mean, Harden's not Harden that we've kind of grown to know in the past few years. Um, like it's, it's kind of shocking, but like, Everybody nowadays, I mean, you see how LeBron acts. I mean, LeBron's still LeBron, and he he's old, and he's still playing at a level that is, I mean, the top of the game. Not everybody can do that. And Harden's had his decline. Um, he's not he's not going to be your typical Embiid uh, Harden like prime Harden, where they're just going to dominate. It's it's a kind of in a sense a washed up Harden. And now you got to rely on other players when you didn't expect to. Now, Maxi's, I mean, that they hit a home run with that kid. I mean, he's ridiculous. But oh, yeah, um, yeah. it's when I'm just looking at it right now. I mean, when you have Joel scoring 14, or I mean, 17 points and, and Harden, <laughs> I mean, Harden, I mean, Forrest's four, four turn I don't even know his points line, but I mean, it. You rely on a guy too much to not succeed. And I, I just think in, in Miami's case, they have so many guys who can do so many different things to where the 76ers can't really keep up. I just don't think they can keep up with that. I mean, their depth is it's way more there, way, way more impressive on paper and just in play than what the 76ers have.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like you said, the depth is insane, the intensity on defense is an, is on another level as well. Oh. They have the better coach in the series. Eric Spolster is a way better coach than Doc Rivers. I, mean, I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you just look at everything, like bench scoring, I mean, they got Oladipo and Tyler Hero coming off the bench. Like, those are two guys who you can clear it out, and they can go and get you a bucket. I mean, Tyler Hero, he was their leading scorer during the regular season. Jimmy Butler has pl- looked so much better during the playoffs. Um they just they look so good. I'm still like I I still don't think they'll beat Milwaukee or Boston just because I think their lack of like a clear top end player is going to bite them at some point.
1: Yeah. I agree. I, I I mean, you see it with you see it with I mean, like you said Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, they have their guys they go to. I mean, you see it down the whole playoff. Golden State you know who their score is, who their main guy is. Memphis, you see their main guy. Phoenix, I mean, if Chris Paul's not out there, you see what what's going on. Obviously, Luka. Miami, I mean, you want to say Jimmy Butler, but can you rely on Jimmy Butler? I yeah. don't know. And going forward, I mean, you can rely on this team to make a push and always win because they hold each other accountable. They play great defense, and it's hard to score on them. But you can't rely on them to be champions because champions are held by that you. I mean, we've seen it every single year. There's just a champion has that one guy that just takes over, and I don't know if Miami has that.
0: I I, I don't think they do. Then that's that's kind of my hold up with them. But at the same time, Eric Spolster is a great coach. He can definitely figure it out. He is a game changer. He is, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You have any other thoughts on this series before we move on?
1: No, I really don't like either team. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, I like Embiid. I think he's fun. I think he's an absolute great player, but um, not a Harden fan whatsoever. And Miami, I mean, as much as I like that they're – I like a team that plays hard. I like a team that plays hard defense. There's just some guys in there that I'm not too fond of. So I haven't even really been paying attention to that series. I don't see any of those two teams making a real big run compared to these
0: others. Yeah. Um, Last thing, do you think Embiid should have won the MVP? Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, Thank I, you.
1: I, I see. I see the argument. I really do, but I also think it's a terrible argument. Um, <laughs> Jokic. It, I mean, on paper, on everything, it's it. He was just simply better. He was um, just all the way around. Now, like, do I understand? Oh, Jokic isn't in the playoffs, whatever, or as far as Embiid is. Blah blah. blah. That's such a ridiculous statement to to make. It's not if it was a full year postseason. I mean, that's not the award. It's the award is the regular season MVP. I mean, that's basically yeah. what it is. Yeah, and that, that Jokic that's exactly was. What it is. Yeah, and Jokic didn't even have his team. He didn't. I mean, you when, you can say Embiid like Embiid dealt with some things. I mean, he dealt with Ben Simmons, all that, whatever. But. Come on, let's be real. Jokic's team was way further off than the Sixers was. Yeah,
0: like when your second best player is Will Barton. Like, come on yeah. now. Good luck. That's, yeah, That's all you got to say. Up,
1: Jokic is putting up numbers that are ridiculous, and I mean, yeah, that's not even an argument.
0: It's not. It, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't
1: be. All if right. anybody see, if anybody says otherwise, they're just a hater.
0: Exactly. That's exact, or that, or or they don't watch basketball. That's you are telling on yourself. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. So moving on to the game going on right now, Boston, Milwaukee. Um, uh, Boston's up ninety eight to eighty seven right now with seven and a half left to go in the fourth. What do you man, this I think for me going into you know, the the conference semifinal round, like this was the series for me that I really wanted to watch and it's mm-hmm. it's lived up to it fully. Um, so what are your kind of takeaways so far in this series?
1: I mean, I can kind of tattle on myself right now. Um Obviously, being from DFW, I mean, I'm I'm expected to be a Mets fan. I am a Mets fan, MFFL. Um, but growing up, I was actually a Celtics fan. Like as a young kid, Kevin Garnett and Dirk were my favorite players. Nice. I loved Ray Allen and all that. So I have a I have a bias towards Boston. But honestly, looking at it right now, I think Boston was so hot in that net series. I think they played perfect basketball. I think they were thought they were going to come in here. And dominate a Chris Middleton-less Milwaukee team. Milwaukee said, "No, we're hard-nosed players. We're the reigning champs. You're going to have to go through us to do anything." And I, I mean, I think it's shown in the way it's played. I mean, they're two-two. I mean, Boston's what up by eight right now. Yep. But look, I mean, Giannis is going off. I mean, it's the it's basically what I thought it was going to be. It's going to be. Celtics, a well-rounded team. Brown, smart, Tatum. Um, and then it's going to have to be Giannis just carrying the load. But, I mean, it's he's doing it. I mean, I'm not surprised by any means. I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised how this has turned out. I still think the Celtics are going to take it. I really do. I think they're just the better, well-rounded team. I think they're pretty complete right now. I think they play great defense. I think they have guys who can step up. Al Horford played an amazing game the other day.
0: He did, um, golly!
1: They have Brown, who can obviously, I mean, All Star caliber player, and then they have one of the best young talents in basketball. One of my favorite players, Jason Tatum. I mean, he's just incredible. I, like I said, I'm not surprised where this is at. I'm not surprised it's two two. I think these teams are that these two two teams were the best teams in the East, in my opinion. And I mean. I, I do think Boston will take it, but shoot, I mean, I can see Milwaukee absolutely making making their own run.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think these are the two best teams. I, I, st- I think I'm going to take Milwaukee. I, that was my pick going into the series. And my thing is, when we look at the two games that Boston's won, they've had these, let's call them, I guess, like hiccup performances. Where just, Mm -hmm. like, out of the blue, Jalen Brown goes and gets 25 and a half. Out of the blue, Al Horford scores 15 points in a quarter. And just kind of, they they need those, like, like, because, like, we know what Jason Tatum's going to do, right? Like, he's good for, you know, 25 to 30, you know, except for, was that game three where he only scored eight? Which is, you know, extremely uncharacteristic of him. And whereas like with with Milwaukee like if it's just a normal game right and no one for the Celtics goes crazy I Milwaukee has won both of those games mm-hmm. and I I like Milwaukee because of that Drew Holiday he's been this is the best he's played all year um so yeah I I'm I'm going to stick with Milwaukee I I the, the biggest thing for me in this series is like Giannis has Completely solidified himself as the best player in the world. You know, coming into the playoffs, if you had made an argument for Kevin Durant, I would have listened to you. Um I actually I made that argument, actually. And now I, I feel dumb because I made that argument. But at this <laughs> I, point, I was
1: literally on your side.
0: Yeah. In this argument. And now just seeing what he's done without Middleton, like this series is probably gonna go seven. And I, I don't know about you, but if I'm Boston. I don't want to see Giannis in a game seven where it's it's one game, he can completely dominate the game physically, go score fifty like like he did in the finals, and the next thing you know, you're 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 sitting at home.
1: I don't think there's another team in this besides Golden State. I don't even think Golden State, no team in this playoffs who would want to see Giannis in game seven. I think Giannis is literally him, Steph, and Luca probably are the three guys that can just absolutely wreck a game for you. And I think Giannis is st- like heads above those guys still. And that's saying a lot. I just think the way Giannis plays, the grit he plays with, the energy he plays with is just a different type of basketball. And like you said, I, I would not want to see him in game seven. So when you say the Bucks, your picks of Bucks is that because they're just, you believe they're the more consistent team? I know you said, Boston's kind of, I mean, you get those spurts from random guys. Do You just see more consistency in Milwaukee.
0: That's that's the big thing for me. Is I know that no matter what happens, they they're going to have guys like Portis who come in off the bench and they're going to give me ten. I know what Lopez is going to give me every night. I know Giannis is more than capable of getting you know 35, 10 and ten, which that's what it, that's what he's done in like every game of this series. Exactly. Um, I I know what I'm getting from them, whereas. With Boston, I know that defensively they're going to show up. I know offensively Jason Tatum's going to show up. And then the question is, am I going to get, you know, five to ten minutes of incredible play from literally anybody? And, you know, whether that's market smart or it's Jalen Brown or it's Al Horford, I just I don't know if I'm going to get that. And when you're playing a team like Milwaukee who, you know, we've talked a lot um about the Celtics and the defense that they play. But this Milwaukee Bucks team plays great defense too. And so because of that, I just I don't know if I trust the Celtics, you know, X-factor guys to have those 5 to 10 minutes of otherworldly play. Yeah.
1: I can see that. I agree. So I just think like me just personally I just think Boston just I, something about this team is different to me just watching them this year and watching I mean Tatum He's been great, is, uh, obviously, his whole career, but I just feel like he's taken more of the just, he's actually taken this leadership role and I'm like, wants it. He's got that Kobe in him.
0: He does. Okay. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So, you know how like every young guy in the NBA, you know, does the whole Kobe comparison thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, they all talk about Kobe and, and what he meant to them and things like that. I just, Really, the the main other guy is is Devin Booker, right? Like, when we think of Kobe in terms of young guys, like Jason Tatum and Devin Booker just come to mind. Mm -hmm. And I cannot stand it. Cannot stand it when they do it with Devin Booker. You know, he is, you know, he's very talented on the offensive end. Like, I see where, you know, they do the comparisons and things like that. But defensively, he doesn't sniff Kobe Bryant. Whereas, you know, we saw it in round one. The defense that Jason Tatum plays and the intent behind it is Kobe level, right? Because like th- like Kobe Bryant, 2009, 2010, was one of the, if not the best perimeter <laughs> defender in the NBA.
1: Yeah, that's the difference with, I think, I'm glad you said Booker because I think both and I, I'm a Booker fan watching this series I and mean, being a Mavs fan, it's Definitely he, Booker's the heel of this series um, for a Mavs fan. For sure. But, um I mean, I think just watching it, watching him closely now, I think it's more forced with Booker. I mean, he's like Tatum, I think he actually goes out there and literally plays for 40 minutes, whatever he plays, 35 minutes a game to to the fullest. I mean, he's grinding each each possession, offense, defense, He's trying to, I mean, he literally is taking on a Kobe mentality. Booker is obviously extremely talented, one of the best young scorers. I mean, he does things that are just silky smooth, great. But like you said, I mean, when you're getting pushed around by Jalen Brunson and Seriously. you're complaining about all this, that's that's not <laughs> that's not a mentality that you're that you're portraying. <laughs> this Kobe mentality. That's
0: not it. I Seriously, mean, yeah. And the flopping it, and yeah. All that. I'm I'm with you. That's a yeah, I mean you're you're one hundred percent right. Um any other thoughts on the the Boston Milwaukee series before we we hit on the, the Warriors and Grizzlies?
1: Let's go Celtics.
0: Hey ho. <laughs> so Warriors Grizzlies, I, I think we can make this really short. Um Grizzlies don't have a chance without John Morant. No. Um I think the biggest thing that I've seen in this series is this Gary Payton injury for Golden State. I think is a bit of a bigger deal than I think I realized at first. Because at first you're like, oh, Gary Payton, you know, the seventh best player on this roster. He's hurt. Shouldn't be that big a deal. And, you know, defensively what he brings them is just, he is their best perimeter defender. You know, Klay Thompson isn't what he was um, post-injury, especially on on the defensive end. And they're really going to miss him. You know, whoever they play in the next round, whether it's the Suns or the Mavs, like Luka or Booker and Chris Paul, they're going into that next series knowing that there's no one on the other side who can check them.
1: Yeah. It, it's it's tough, and, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the whole, was it dirty, was it not? It was dirty. Uh <laughs> and, it, and it and it sucks because I like Gary Payton. Obviously, he's one of those role guys that I always love the role guys um, that just kind of get down and dirty and do their job because they know these other star players that they have are going to go get them points. So a guy like Gary Payton, I mean, he's probably been the best player his whole life, everywhere he went. And the fact that he just goes to the NBA and, I mean, just plays defense and gives it his all is, is awesome. And I like him a lot. And, I, I do think they're gonna miss him. I mean, I think they're still great. I mean, they're obviously a great team and they have they have grit to them. I mean, Draymond brings grit to Golden State. It's just having having another guy on your bench that can come out and give these guys a break and you're not worried about are they gonna are they gonna are they a liability? Are they gonna give hundred percent? Yes, he's not gonna score you like all these other guys. He's really not been scoring. I mean, he averages, I'm looking at it right now, six points a game. That's not his role. That's not what they need him to do. They need him to go out and just be a dog, rebound, play defense, and limit limit some of these scores. And that's what he does. And not not having him, I
0: I, it, I agree. It's it's pretty tough. Do you know who his offensive game is really similar to? I've I kind I noticed this the other night. He and Bruce Brown that? basically play the exact same game. It's you it's think? Scary. oh yeah, they both. Especially like when they're the screeners, and then, you know, Curry or Durant, they'll, you know, flip it over the top when they get blitzed, and then they play four on three and they make great decisions with the basketball. They're, they both finish around the rim fantastically, g- given their size and the fact that they're guards. They both have crazy bounds. I think they're, they're really similar.
1: That's very interesting. Uh, um, I wouldn't have put those two together, honestly. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I was watching, I guess it was game two. And it was just like kind of scary. I was like, of. that's exactly what you said. What?
1: <laughs> and so that's all you were thinking of watching Gary Payton. That's just, right. Okay. I
0: was like, it's he crazy. reminds me of Bruce Brown.
1: <laughs> that's very interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I noticed that the other day and I, I needed to run it by somebody. So.
1: <laughs> I definitely got to look into that because I love a good comparison.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, look, like it's it's the Warriors. If I had, like, that, I I think that they're gonna win tonight. Um, you know, like I said, no, no, John Morant. My my big thing is in order for them to win the whole thing, Clay Thompson's gonna have to shoot the ball better. And like he his um, was it game game four or what, game yeah no game three, the the game where they scored like 150 points and Klay Thompson yeah. just lit it up. That's like the only game. He shot the ball well, and yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know. I mean, Clay's gonna be Clay always, and I won't say he's done that his whole career because he hasn't. That would diminish him as a player. But I mean, there is some aspect to Clay. If, I mean, Clay sometimes just absolutely explodes, and sometimes he just goes under the radar with a, a quiet twenty, a quiet twenty-five. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's more of we see just an explosion you're like where does that come from um but also i mean like I don't know. It, it, do you think he i mean he's not also a young clay
0: anymore um i'm just i'm i'm more concerned about like his his shooting consistently just through the whole just like through this series cuz like, i know uh game game 1 i think he he was like 2 of 7 so, something yeah. like that I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, he was he was three for ten in game one from three. Um, game two, I don't think he shot much better. He was two of twelve from three. Which like, you know, and it was game three where he exploded. And then game four on Monday, he was where's it at here? Whoa, he was oh of seven. And like when they play, you know, Phoenix or Dallas, that is that's not gonna cut it. Like he's gonna have to be more consistent than that. And look, like I probably look, look like an idiot over here being concerned about whether or not Klay Thompson is going to shoot the ball well. But at the same time, like he's definitely in a slump right now and
1: well, I think he just showed why you have some concern. I mean, that's one game out of a series that he shot the ball well. Uh that's I mean when when you when your number 2 scorer is not being consistent, I mean, it's still Klay Thompson. You're in the back of your mind. Everybody knows this guy can go nuclear, but I mean, sometimes those star players don't. And you, that you see that's why a series slips out of your hands. And I do think if he's, I mean, if he does continue on that path, I mean, there is some room for concern. I mean, he's going to play defense. He's going to facilitate some ball, uh, some plays and play his game. I mean, he's a great player. But, I mean, there is, I mean, I think you have a very valid point of having some concern in that, especially on what, I mean, when they get padded, they're going to win the series. And when they get past these teams who are more consistent, who play a, a harder defense, um, and who have guys who can go score at a more consistent rate, I mean, it, there is some room for concern. I mean, I, I 100%
0: see it, and I agree. Yeah. What do you think about the emergence of Jordan Poole? It, it's incredible.
1: It's literally, it's so frustrating because seeing, uh, seeing a team... And, I, and I've never been one of those guys. I, I, I dislike when people start hating a team because they're so successful. People hate greatness, it seems. They do. And and when you see a team like Golden State win so often, and just the way they built their team, I mean, they didn't go and just buy all these guys. They built it. They did. And I respect I respect it, and I love it. But it's frustrating. <laughs> it's so frustrating being like a Maz fan. Oh yeah. And and just battling every year and just not having those star guys. And then Curry is older, I mean, still great. Clay's older, still great. But then you just have a Jordan Poole come up and just be incredible. It's like what what in the world? What are we doing?
0: The crazy thing about Golden State is they're like in position to basically have the same next big three. Okay, like, let's let's think about it. You can slide Poole into that point guard role, and he plays just like Steph. Like, it's it's scary how similar that they play. It's,
1: it's, yes, I 100% agree.
0: So you're going to have him at the one. You're going to have Jonathan Kaminga, who's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, can guard the one through the five, like Draymond Green, is more than capable of being a great player out of the short role when they blitz Jordan Poole, and then now he's making passes, or... Because he's more athletic than Draymond Green can finish at the rim, so you're going to have a guy who can do that on offense. And then they draft Moses Moody, who you know hasn't played as much this year, but like has all the potential to be a Klay Thompson kind of guy, where he's spotting up, knocking knocking down these catch and shoot threes, and then playing outstanding defense. Like there's well, a legit he's, he's possibility. A
1: must, he's a must bust guy. He's he is like a must a bust guy. Basketball. <laughs> And like, and I ain't no Hogs fan, but I'm a Must Bus guy. You know he's gonna correlate, yeah, translate to
0: the NBA. And so like, and just the fact that like, there's a legit possibility where they literally just like copied and pasted. <laughs> They're just gonna have the same kind of big three. It's it's gonna be they insane.
1: Their their blueprint of a team is they know what they want. They go out and get the guys they want. And they just rinse and repeat, like you said. And, and it works, and it's proven it works. It's the new age of basketball. They've cracked a code. And and they've just figured out how to do it. And the crazy thing is, is uh, they don't even have, oh, what's his face? Why am I blanking on his name? I mean, number two pick.
0: Um, oh, James Wiseman. Yeah, they don't even have him. Yeah. They, I don't, they, they don't need him. But yeah, I'm, I'm they, with you. They don't. They don't told. need him, but
1: I think I think that guy's so good. I see so much potential in him too. But now, do you think part of Clay's struggles is due to a bigger role with Pool?
0: Yeah, m- maybe. Like maybe that's part of it. I'm sure it bothers him a little bit because let's be honest, like, not even
1: not even bothers. Just more of. I mean, you played basketball. You played sports your whole life. There's some instance where you throw off. I mean. Warriors have had this group. They've had the, I mean, you play with the same guys over and over. You know exactly how they move, you know exactly how everything works. Not saying pool is disrupting that, but there is some disruption. There's a whole new feel of, okay, this guy can actually score. I have to make sure. I mean, I have to keep an eye out on him to make sure if he's open, he's getting the ball, he's getting his touches. There's a different type of group. There's a different type of role for clay. Um, I think I mean I'm not saying that's what it is. I haven't watched Golden State that that closely to kind of tell. Even I mean I don't know even if I could tell, but I think that's an interesting that's an interesting look at it. Maybe maybe that's part of maybe that's part of his struggles. Is it's yeah. just a different different look to their offense?
0: Yeah, m- maybe so. I that's that's a really good point. It could be. I don't. I just I feel like he's just missed a lot of open shots. That's kind of more my thing with Clay. But at the same time, like you're right. Like his role. Is, I think it's the same, it's just reduced. Like, he's still doing the same things. He just mm-hmm. isn't getting the ball as much. And so, m- maybe that's what it is. I don't know, man. Because, like, being a shooter is weird. Like, you know, you want those touches in certain spots. And rhythm is just, it's a weird shooting thing. I don't even know how to describe it. Because I'm not a shooter. I've, I've accepted <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> I thought I was.
0: Yeah, and then... I played pickup basketball for the first time in like eight months and quickly realized I was not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I haven't tried to play pickup basketball. My hammies would go,
0: but yeah, I agree. I I mean, it's rhythm. And like I
1: said, I'm, I'm, I mean, Clay Thompson is one of the greatest shooters of all time. So it's probably ignorant for me to even say that it's, he might just be in a little funk, but I just think it, it might, there may be something there to it to where, I mean, there's, it's a different look for him. I mean, it maybe, I mean, it's just a different sort of rhythm to the offense that he's not used to. Now, I mean, he's played a full season. So, maybe saying that is kind of ridiculous. But it is only one season, and it's it's he, different. I mean, there's different heights in the playoffs. And, it, and he missed there's so many There's so many different things that could correlate with what, what's going on with him. And maybe he's just having an off
0: series. Who knows? Maybe. But, like, he missed. I mean, he missed, what, the first fifth? Like, he didn't come back till Christmas. After Christmas.
1: Yeah, that is a great point.
0: And I, I heard a stat. Um, that I didn't really think mattered that much, but maybe it does. You know, Curry, Draymond, and Clay only played eleven games together this year during, you know, the regular season. Which like for them isn't a big deal because they've been playing together for years. But now you throw in this guy in Jordan Poole, who may, may, maybe you're right. Like maybe that has offset a couple of, of different things.
1: There is a stat and I can't find it right now, but it's something to do with the amount of wins Memphis has without Ja Morant. They're 20-5. and is five. At, That is extremely surprising. And I understand the idea of you don't have Ja, you're not going to win. But I saw Memphis play in person against the Mavs, and they're so well-rounded. They get to the ball so quick. Saying that Golden State's going to blow them out this game might be a stretch because I still think they're a well-rounded team. But why do you think that? I mean, because like when Luke is out, the Mavs, the Mavs wins percentage goes down. It's proven. Is it just like does Jaw? Is he not? I don't, I don't even know how to describe it.
0: Is okay. I I think okay. Let me let me try. I think that with Jaw. So without Jaw. Memphis is a good regular season team, kind of like the Hawks from a few years ago where their like mm-hmm. entire starting lineup was an, was an all-star. But then they got to the playoffs and they were unable to separate from these other teams because they didn't have that guy. I yeah. think that's kind of like what Memphis is. And then Ja Morant is what makes them a legit number two seed, can compete with the Warriors. Because look, like if Ja didn't get hurt, it'd probably go seven. Yeah.
1: So like we were saying earlier, all these teams have that guy, and Jaw's that guy for this team.
0: Yeah, he is, and you know, right. Bane could be for like a short stretch in games, but you know, his back's hurt, so he's not really able to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think it's so interesting what the difference is because I mean, Jaw's phenomenal; he's, he puts up so many numbers. I just wonder what what's the difference between is it just playoffs? I wonder, or what it is when. I just thought that stat was so interesting of why they were still winning without Jaw when Jaw's literally just one of the most electric players in the NBA.
0: Yeah, well, they're also young, and I think it's easier to play hard consistently through an 82 game season when you're 23 versus when you're like the Warriors and your best players are all you know 33, 34. That's a great point. So I don't know. we'll we'll see. We're going to take a short break and we come back. we're going to talk Mav's Sons and then talk. A lot of Mavs. A lot of Mavs. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm so excited. I haven't haven't seen a Mavs fan since I moved up here to Indy.
1: We're here. We're here and we're loud.
0: We're very loud, especially when we're at the American Airlines Center. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back. And we're back talking about the Mavericks, me and Zach Lunn. This is the part of the podcast that I've been waiting for.
1: I mean, I've been waiting to talk about these Mavs. I mean, they give me a heart attack, but I love them. But yes, I've been waiting to talk about these guys for for a while now. And and you and me go back and forth about these guys off off air, and they're frustrating. But gosh, we love them. Yes, and we just, do. It's just they're so fun to watch, and they're so frustrating to
0: watch at the same time. Oh, without a doubt. So let's let's start talking about. The most frustrating series. I don't know if you saw my tweet last night, but it just kind of (laughs) recapped my emotions through this series. And I'm sure that you you can relate. Going into game one, there's this feeling of we can win this series. And then after the first two games, I walked away and I was like, there's no way we're winning this series. And then we play games three and four. And I'm like, we're winning this series. We're going four in a row because Jason Kidd has figured them out. And then after game five, I don't even know what to think anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: I'm I'm pretty outspoken Mavs fan, um, and and at work we have some Mavs haters, we have some some Mavs fans for life per se, and guys who I mean ride or die Mavs, and from from those guys to a bunch of people, I mean, a lot of outside. A, a lot of outside people who aren't Mass fans thought we were just going to get ran through. And I, I can't say that didn't sort of seep into my mindset going through. I, I won't even lie. I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. Um, I mean, Utah, let's be honest. I mean, Utah's a dumpster fire. They and are. It's it, if we lost that one, I would have been way more concerned.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, yes. Even, but yeah, even without Luca, I, I would have been concerned. Oh, me too. I mean,
1: the way we played them, I mean, without Luca, and just if if we would have somehow gave that up, yeah, even without Luca, I would. I, I just think they're a terribly ran organization, and I mean be, that's beyond the point. Um, yeah, but now this one, I mean, after game one, I was like, I was sitting here watching the game, and I look over to one of my buddies, and I said, I mean. There's no shot we win a game. That just felt like everywhere we turned, Miles Bridges was right there. Yep. I mean, Chris Paul was right there. It just seemed like they were faster, smarter, everything. Then game two came along, same exact thing. They came out hot, Suns came out hot, and really never backed down the whole game. And you could tell we were flustered. Jalen was flustered. We were just kind of throwing up shots. Then game three, we're in Dallas a completely different team comes out. Yep. And I mean we're we're firing to the ball, we're picking guys up full court, we're flustering the Suns who literally seem like they were brick walls who couldn't be flustered. I mean, they have a guy of Chris Paul who makes his whole entire career on flustering the other team bad enough to where he takes advantage of them.
0: And not flustering and, under any yeah. circumstance. And under, then uh, yeah. And then you look up. no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And game three, he turns the ball over seven times. Game four, he fouls out. I mean, it's just uncharacteristic Chris Paul. And I I really, that's
1: kudos to Jason Kidd, what what he's done with the Mavs team. And I was extremely skeptical about it going into this season.
0: Oh, dude, me too. Um,
1: Just with his past as a coach. And um just some of the antics he's had. And I'm a massive Jason Kidd fan.
0: Oh yeah, for um, sure.
1: But I just I mean, there was no history of really him doing anything on his own. But he's I mean, he proved me wrong. He he literally fired these guys up. And I think this is the good squad for him because he has guys who will buy in and who know their role. Yep. Um and I and I think they I mean Dorian Finney Smith is the young son hero of this whole series, in he my is. opinion, is the reason why Mavs have stayed in this. Because every him and Reggie Bullock to me on the defensive end are our catalyst players. I mean, they are flying everywhere. We're playing a zone to where anybody's open, they're really not open. And, and game game three and four, you really saw it. You did game five last night.
0: Well, Dorian Finney Smith comes out, hits two, hits like his first two threes, bang bang, and then he he didn't touch the ball again until the third quarter. When, I, when a
1: guy when a guy has a hot hit that I mean, Game Four was absolutely ridiculous for Dodo. Mass fans know, like, I think Dodo is one of a Mass fan favorite. Oh, we want to see, we want Dodo to have success, but we know Dodo. He's a 15 point guy with about six rebounds a game. That's just how he rolls and plays outstanding defense. Game Four was what every Mass fan wanted to see: Dorian Finney Smith. He was getting his touches, making his shots, in in all the Suns' face, playing hard defense. That's the type of player we gave a contract to. Yep. Last night, you don't give him the ball. He's the hot hand. I mean, we have Luca. He's going to score his points. Finney Smith was the hot hand. He came in with energy. It showed. And I think that was where we faltered. Well, is We came out hot in the first quarter and just dwindled. We settled. Yeah.
0: the The ball movement wasn't there in game five like it was in games three and four where the ball was hopping around the perimeter, you know, Luka would drive, kick, ball swings, and then if no one's open, they would reset it, and they'd do it again, and then somebody would get open. Well, I, I felt like in Game 5, there was a lot of Luka takes a step-back three with 16 seconds left on the shot clock, or Brunson mm-hmm. takes a tough two with 12 seconds left on the shot clock. You know, there wasn't anywhere near as much Luka or Brunson getting two feet in the paint and then kicking out to the corner... Because Ayton's having to help down to Dorian Finney Smith, who's open, or to to Bullock, who's open. There was nowhere near as much of that in game five as there were as there was in three and four.
1: Yeah, we didn't have Bullock, and I'm I'm a Bullock fan. I, I kind of Oh, me too.
0: He's been big kinda, in this series too.
1: Yeah, I kind of razzed on him the whole the whole series, just, I mean the whole season, just because he was extremely inconsistent when he first got here, but I didn't give him a chance. And I didn't really and I didn't want to see or kind of look past it. Um, but, I mean, he's proven me wrong. Uh, just game five, he did have a bunch of looks, his normal looks where his shots didn't go in. I can't expect him to be outstanding every night. But, I mean, I what I saw last night is I just saw a lot of four shots. I saw a, I saw a lot of ISO play, yep. which, I mean, we have some good ISO. I mean, we have great ISO guards. We really do. I mean, Jalen Brunson's ridiculous. Luka's obviously Luka. But I think we really succeed when that ball is flying around the perimeter. We're finding guys. If we, I mean, we get a pump fake and then dish it out to Clebo or dish it out to Finney or whatever. And I, I saw that in the first quarter. I mean, Maxie was dishing balls to. I mean, pump faking, finding open guys. We're hitting threes. Jalen's getting his mid-range shots. I mean, we were firing on offense to begin with, and then we just started settling for these. ISO threes with 16 seconds or ISO dribble, dribble the clock out and then have three seconds, two seconds left where Maxi's just throwing the ball up. I mean, I felt like that was 10 possessions where we're just shooting the ball and wasting the possession and hoping it goes in.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Defensively, we weren't as good either. Um, Yeah, it was just not good. And I, I will say, I think we'll play a lot better in game six. I don't think we can play much worse.
1: No, I think this that was the worst playoff game we played this season. So oh yeah, far.
0: for sure. I I I think we'll win Game Six. I don't know. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm feeling. I mean, I'm always
1: confident in the Mavs at home. I yep. mean, regardless, the AAC is a game changer. Um, Mavs fans are diehards, and and Luca with a at home is a different Luca. Dorian at home is a different Dorian. The Mavs at home are just a different team.
0: They are. Um,
1: I, I. Honestly, I thought game five, I wasn't confident because I thought, I, I told my buddies, I said, if we win game five, we win the series. Because going to Dallas, up, I saw it with a championship team in 2011. Going to Dallas with a lead in the playoffs is, to me, a guaranteed win.
0: Yeah, for um, sure.
1: Now it's Phoenix. They're, I mean... For a reason, the number one seed. Um, they're fantastic. But I think the Mavs can, I, I mean, they've proven to everybody in the nation that the Mavs can actually handle this team. And if they play the right game of basketball, fly around, and don't settle for shots, we can beat these guys. We can. And it, And it flusters them. When you take Chris Paul off his game, the whole Phoenix Suns falter.
0: And we Especially let the him role control players. the game. Yes, like you mean we saw it in games three and four. Devin Booker got his, but Chris Paul didn't, and as a result, the rest of the Suns' role players struggled. Ayton wasn't in good, wasn't as good in games three and four because Chris Paul wasn't good in games three and four. And yeah. I think that like that's the recipe, right? And I love Bullock picking up picking Paul up full court, making him work every minute that he's in the game. I love how we hunt him when he's playing defense and we post him up with Brunson and Luka because, you know, just... Look, he he's 37, and I hate bringing up the age thing, but, like, it's, it's a real thing. Like, 37-year-olds wear down quicker than 25-year-olds. That's just how it is. And I love that we've really kind of made him work from game three on.
1: Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, regardless of what anybody thinks age does matter. Um, and when you are working a guy that hard on defense, it affects his offensive play. And then he gets flustered and then he does these dumb fouls. And these refs have understood now with, I mean, both of us on both sides that they know what both teams are doing. They're trying to get fouls to slow the game down to benefit themselves. Cause they're just, I mean, that's just how Chris Paul has played his whole career. That's how Luka has developed into seeing how it works. But Chris Paul doesn't understand. He is getting flustered now because he's not getting every call he wants. He's actually going against him. So the Mavs are doing a good job at flustering him. I just think game one, two, and five, he got his way. And he's, re- he's really the catalyst of this whole series. If he plays well and he gets what he wants, the Suns are extremely hard to beat. If he's flustered, if the Mavs kind of bottle him up, I mean, you see what happens. I mean, the Mavs, literally, their whole game opens up and they can kind of do what they want.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm excited for Game 6. Look, if Dallas doesn't turn the ball over and they, they move the ball on offense, I, I think they win. And then we go to Game 7 in Phoenix. And we said it earlier, you know, Giannis... Luca, Steph, are probably the three guys you don't want to see in a game seven. I'll
1: tell you what will be, in my opinion, what will either make or break the Mavericks. It is going to be defensive rebounding. If they allow Phoenix to offensive rebound like Phoenix has in the games they've won, there's no chance the Mavericks will win. The second chance shots the Phoenix Suns get is ridiculous to me. And I understand we're undersized compared to them, but I, w- I mean Maxi Kleba and Powell. Maxi Kleba and I love Maxi, and I think he plays harder than anybody out there. But he averages three point nine rebounds a game as a six ten center, and yeah. then Powell comes in and plays eighteen minutes and averages two rebounds a game.
0: Yeah, that's a problem. Jalen
1: Brunson averages four rebounds a game. How are you getting out rebounded
0: by Jalen Brunson?
1: It's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. And it's just not, it's not, it's giving up boards. It's not rushing to I mean, you see in our wins, you saw Finney, you saw three guys because Aiton's going to out he's going to get his rebounds. He's just bigger. He's just a bigger human being. That's just the nature of it. JaVel McGee's gonna get his rebounds. But if you go and crash the boards, and you'll see Finney. He'll go in and just box guys out and open it up for a Luca or Brunson to go in there. Yeah. If we don't do that, we're going to lose.
0: Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I like I said, I, I I think we'll win. Um but I'll be honest, man, this is a really big off season. No matter what happens in this series, whether the Mavs move on or they don't. This is a really big off-season coming up for them. Okay, I'm just going to ask you point blank, would you re-sign Brunson?
1: Of course, I would want to re-sign Brunson, but at what cost?
0: Yeah, that's We have his
1: we do have his bird rights, so that that is one benefit we do have. Yes. Um and and you know, I I literally just figured this out today, but The Knicks were at the Knicks front office was at the game last night, and and that's the guy. That's the team who has honed in on Brunson, which is, I mean, there's concern. I mean, if we don't, if we lose, I mean, I think we traded for Zingas, and I don't think we lost that trade, even though Dinwiddie hasn't played well this series. So bad, he's played terrible, but. I see why they traded for Zingas. It does make sense. Yes. But if we also lose Brunson, we're basically back to square one. And I think, I don't think, I think Cuban, and this is an absolute stretch, And but I'm going to say it because I don't care. Cuban got so burned and still regrets the Nash trade so bad where he sees some comparison in this one-two duo to where he, I don't think Brunson's leaving.
0: Man, I, I don't know. If it's, if it, okay. I, if, okay. If Brunson resigns for 20 million, I'm like, yes, let's, you know, or, you know, tw- 20 million a year. Yes. Let's do it.
1: I think it's going to be 25 plus.
0: That's that's the thing, man. That's I thing. don't know if yeah. I would do that. And I, I just, I don't know if Brunson's the best fit to play beside Luca because you know like when Brunson's on the floor by himself and Luca's on the floor by himself they're fine they're great they're able to do their thing the problem is neither one of them is good enough playing off the ball to coexist on the floor together and I that's agree. that's my concern with Brunson and so here is what I would consider to be the perfect number 2 beside Luca a guy not only who can score but can play off the ball. A guy kind of like
1: I think I know who you're gonna say.
0: A guy like Paul George. Oh, that's
1: not who I thought you were gonna say. A, interesting. Guy,
0: a guy who is a great catch and shoot kind of guy, can also Very score one on can also score one on one. So when Luke is off the floor, you can run the offense through him, is a fantastic wing defender, right? I mean, I, I think it's important to have Not just, you know, two or three good defenders around Luca, but as many as possible. And Paul George is a guy who can guard the other team's best player. Um, I I think a guy like him or Chris Middleton, a guy who can do similar things, would be perfect to put beside Luca.
1: Now, do you think those are feasible gets for the Mavericks? And have you looked into what possibly routes we would have to take to get them?
0: See, that that's the or, thing. I wasn't saying, like, the Mavs should go get one of those guys. Because let's be honest, Paul George, Paul George isn't leaving yeah, uh, the Clippers. Chris Middleton's no. definitely not leaving Milwaukee. It was more of like a this is the player type. I type think of yeah. this is the type of guy the Mavs should go for.
1: No, I like that. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I heard Paul George, my ears perked up, that's why. Um, <laughs> who did now, you who, who I, did I you think of, I was going to say? I went a different route. If we don't resign Brunson, there's a guy who I'm not fond of, but he averages 24 points a game, 5 rebounds, has some grit. He he does. He gets himself in some trouble sometimes with some turnovers, but if we don't get Brunson, Colin Sexton is a interesting player to play with Luca because he's not a traditional point guard. He's I think not. he's more of an off-ball guard who's going to go get points. And that's, he plays good defense. He plays very, very high motor. I, th- I think he's just an interesting player if you don't sign Brunson to look at.
0: That's really interesting. Could we so – I don't know. I know that if we don't re-sign Brunson, it'll be a sign-and-trade um man could they sign and trade for Colin Sexton i don't know cuz his his contract's up this year too isn't it
1: i don't think they would have to sign and trade i think i think they would just straight up trade and they're going to have to give up quite a bit i mean cuz they they like Colin Sexton i've heard that they want to keep him there but i don't know if that's reciprocated on his end i don't know if the mavericks are completely bought in on tim hardaway and i don't know if they are either and with his injury, with the way he played prior to his injury this year, I don't think they see him. And the way they played without him in these series, I don't think they see him as a necessity.
0: I, don't, I wouldn't so, say he's a necessity.
1: So I could see him going with a pick if that were to be, if that's an option, which it could completely just be smoke. And it could be. I, and, and who knows, like, they could sign Sexton to a massive deal but if that's a, an option i think that the cavs would take a like a high pick hardaway trade for him
0: yeah for for sure so he is a free agent he is a uh t- talking about um sexton sexton yeah he is a restricted free agent oh man i don't know that oh that's kind of that's fun that's a really fun thought Colin Sexton playing with playing with Luca cuz you're right like he he's a guy who I think would fit well in the culture that's been established too in terms of a team that plays hard especially on the defensive end of the floor um I didn't watch a, I, I mean I watched a lot of Cleveland this year but it was after he got hurt yeah. <laughs> um so I, I haven't seen enough of him to be like I feel like this would be good or not you know
1: I've I've I I can't even lie either. I've watched limited Cavs games because who sat down and watched Cavs games? But (laughs) I've watched enough, and I I remember him at Alabama, correct? Yes. Uh, I just remember him taking over games. I've watched enough of him where in the NBA, where he I mean he is a like could be a scratch All Star guy. I mean, like he is one of those. Below all star, I mean, twenty four points and five rebounds. I mean, you're a dang good player. Oh, for sure. And,
0: and I can shoot the ball too. Ca-
1: yeah, there's calibers of players that are all stars, and I don't think he's very far off. Now that's he's not young. He's, he's only
0: twenty three.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's a one by any means, but I think he's a number two, and I think he would be a good fit. But it doesn't, and we've talked about this before. That still doesn't address our biggest concern and i kind of hinted at it earlier you have maxi kleba rebounding 3.9 rebounds a game yes powell at 2.6 if we don't have a guy who can consistently we don't even need him to score a guy who can just consistently gives somebody some pressure on the rebounding in of basketball we're always going to have that hole and i don't know who the answer is i uh-huh. don't want gobert Oh, I been I don't want him either. He's been pushed around in our. We, we saw rumor him last series. Mail.
0: Yeah, I, he, he's soft. He can't play in a playoff series. He's soft.
1: He is. There's just no way around it. He's soft.
0: I just I yeah. If we sign Gobert, I'm I'm gonna lose it. There's <laughs> no other way to put it. Because so that he's he's not he's not cheap either. Like that's that's the big thing. You know, like if we could get him and he wasn't going to cost us $40 million a year, then like, yeah, like, let's do it. But he's going to cost 30 to $40 million a year, and that's not worth it. Yeah, I'm not
1: I'm not paying, like, for the type of basketball we play.
0: Yeah. I'm not paying
1: for a player like that. He's great. He's great on the defensive end. Great rebounding. But the, watching him in that series, that was my final straw. I was like, okay, I don't want this guy.
0: Yep. So I, I have two names. Two guys that are going to be free agents in 2023.
1: I that, have two guys written down right now. I wonder, I wonder if they're the same.
0: Probably not, but we'll see. So one of them is Brooke Lopez, who I think would be absolutely perfect in Dallas. He's Interesting. A, he can he, he can shoot the ball. So on the offensive end, he's not standing underneath the basket, clogging up the paint, where Luka and potentially Brunson can't do their thing because every time they drive, there's another seven-footer just sitting there waiting on him. You know, he's a guy who can space the floor, is a very good rim protector. You know, like When we think of Milwaukee, obviously Giannis is the first guy that comes to mind, especially on defense and the way that he protects the rim. But Brook Lopez coming back has allowed Giannis to do more stuff on the perimeter defensively, and that's because they trust him to be on the back end and protect the rim. So he can do what you need him to do on the defensive end too. And then this other guy... Here, you you tell me you, who you have written down cuz i think there's no way you have this other guy written down that i do Nurkic okay i like that i
1: think kind of the same as lopez i mean Nurkic isn't a spread the forward type of player but i think he's a high motor guy i don't think he i think portland's a dumpster fire as well as much as i love Dame Willard it feels terrible for him i think they're a dumpster fire <laughs>
0: They are, without
1: and, a doubt. I'm not even going to say my second guy because it's just it's not even feasible. It, Who is it? It was DeAndre because it was just a wish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Phoenix may not pay him, and it may be it may be an option.
1: He, he's restricted, and and the way this series is gone, I don't know if the Mass and the Suns really want to be friends and get anything done there. But it would be very fun.
0: It would. I would, be. I would enjoy it. Okay. Here here's my second guy. <laughs> Gonna be a free agent in 2023. I believe he's only 23 years old. Shot 38% from 3 this year. Averaged 1.7 blocks a game. Played for the Orlando Magic. Mo Bamba.
1: Oh, I saw him on my list and I and part of me died. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be a lot of fun. I, I'm i not even going to lie and say, I, I, I don't know if I've watched 20 minutes of Mo Bamba play.
0: <laughs> it's fair. He's, <laughs> He's got some injury stuff that worries me. But at the same time, this year was his best year. He's also, I think, more athletic in terms of like foot speed than all the other guys that we've mentioned. And so when mm-hmm. other teams go small, I think we could keep him on the floor which would be, you know, huge for us, Um, you know, if if he continues to develop like he has, I mean, I think he'd fit really well in Dallas.
1: I mean, I I liked him. I thought we were honestly going to get him in the Luka draft. Um, Because he was in the Luka draft, correct? I believe so. Yeah, because it went, did it go? Um, What's his name from Sixers? Fultz. I, no. Bagley. Was that not that draw?
0: No. Well, Bagley was. Fultz was not the number one overall pick because he went with the year Lonzo went number one or the year Lonzo went number two. Oh, you're exactly
1: right. It's Who the year after.
0: Right? Who was the number one overall <laughs> pick that year?
1: Oh, it was Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Goodness right. gracious. That's right. Yeah. It, it was Aiden, Bagley, Luca, and then uh, Bamba and Young. Yeah. But anyways, I thought Mo Bamba was coming here. And I was excited. I thought he was great. He was great at Texas. Um, but like I said, I haven't watched enough of him. He's kind of just been one of those players that I just forgot about. Well, he Stash plays today. in Orlando.
0: Like, of, of course you forgot that's, about
1: him. That's <laughs> probably the exact reason. is He's in Orlando. And I, I know Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba. And, and that's it. And that's it, <laughs> Jalen Suggs, who was hurt. Yeah, Jalen Suggs. That I mean, that just that's probably the reason. But I mean, everything you just said. I mean, there's nothing. It, it can't get worse than where we're at. I mean, Powell's pals not the answer. I love Maxi Cleva. I think he's a great Maverick. I think he plays harder than anybody on the on the court. Or on the court. Me and my dad always joke about it that we love him because every third game he gets absolutely posterized and gets right back up and we'll get posterized <laughs> again and not care. I mean, but honestly it's one of those things where I like it because he doesn't care and will play that defense. Like he will get there and not let a guy get a, get a shot up.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And, and I think having somebody like that, that's kind of why I like the Brooke Lopez thing. Cause Brooke Lopez is kind of an older, bigger Maxi in a sense. I mean, yeah, actually will spread the floor and then, he can facilitate and then go play defense when he has to. So, I like both of them. I like Mo Bamba. Um, I just think he's he's kind of a mean. That's what kind of how I look at him.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, going in into the off season, who are your un like untouchable players? Like, if the Mavs look to trade people, who are the guys where you're like you cannot touch him? Obviously, Luca, Dorian Finney Smith. Anybody else where you're just like, you, you can't touch this person?
1: Yeah, Finny. Finny, I mean, I'm not even going to say Luca. If anybody even mentions Luca, they deserve to be slapped. Um, <laughs> Finny, to me, is a Mav for life. I Should mean, be. He's, he's earned his keep. His story is incredible. Undrafted to where he is now. He deserves everything. The Mavs give him. He's I mean, he's proven and got everything he deserves. Um. Man, untouchable. That's a great question.
0: I um, I think, is is Bullock un, untouchable as what we've seen from this Sun series?
1: I mean, Bullock's not. I mean, nobody's really untouchable in the grand scheme of things besides Luka and just my heart of loving Finney, Finney. But, I mean, if there's a right call for guys, I mean, it's obviously the right call. But if I was the Mavs, I wouldn't get rid of Kleba I think Kleba's a great Mavs. I think he fits what the Mavs do.
0: I totally I think agree. He,
1: I think he works really well with Finney and Luca. I think Bullock does
0: as well. And uh, yeah, for me, th- those are the three role players where I would be v- very reluctant to give any of them up. Yeah. Whereas, I think those
1: are really it. Yeah,
0: I, I'm hoping Josh Green can come along. Uh, Josh
1: Green's fun is because I just call him the Energizer Bunny because he's super young. He plays the fastest out of everybody out there, but that's what gets him in trouble.
0: Yes. He's so competitive on defense. I love it. Which I
1: love. But that's why, like I said, it gets him in trouble. And that's why you see Frank Nick—I can't even say his name—Frank out there.
0: I can't Instead stand him, bro. I Cannot. Ned LaQuina. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you say it. That's
1: why you see him out there. Besides Josh Green,
0: is because he, nice.
1: he slows it down.
0: Well, it's that, and he's. I will say. I just said I don't. I don't like him, but he's the perfect defender for Booker. That's why we've seen him this series. Dude, mm-hmm. you, you know what he looks like in terms of like build. He stood by bridges, and they looked like the exact same Grace person. And-
1: Real long, just linky. Can yes. get to random passes and stuff. I think he's good. I think he's a great role player, but he, obviously, I mean, he
0: just he he doesn't shoot the ball well enough to stay out there on yeah, the floor. That's that's, that's the, the problem. Yeah, and that's the only issue with him. And I like him,
1: I really do. But that's that's one issue. You can't be out there and not have some contribution to an offense who likes to fire like they do.
0: And that's the, that's the thing with Josh Green too. He's which look like it's only his second year in the league. He'll get better. But he's he's gonna have to improve that jump shot if he wants consistent minutes in the playoffs.
1: What I like about him is he ain't scared.
0: Oh, he's not. I love that.
1: He ain't scared and I think he I think he is kind of a sponge and likes to take in information from the older guys and you can tell that Jason could trust him because kid's not gonna put a young guy like out or like that out there unless he trusts him. For sure. Um, You have seen his minutes kind of diminish a little bit, and I think that's just because, I mean, we are in a massive – it's not a point where we should be hoping he's going to play good because, I mean, there's flashes. He plays great. I think we're at a point now where we have to have some established guys who know what they're doing. But I think he's great for a future guy. and I mean, he has a very high ceiling, I think. Um, I think he could be a great, like, who's the guy for the Hornets? Bridges uh, what's his name
0: bridges Roger.
1: no bridges for oh. the. yeah I think he plays he plays hard like bridges he's a rim runner like bridges he's not big and they play different but I see I see some of their games similar and, and that's maybe a stretch but I do see a lot of their game hmm.
0: that's into each that's other. interesting okay okay L- last thing real quick last point I want to make so you talked about Brunson and the Knicks making a push for him Dare I say, there are a lot of former Knicks on this Mavericks roster. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, look, Brunson, you can talk about dumpster fires. (laughs) The Knicks have to be close to the top for that. And I just, I wonder how much of a role Brunson's current teammates, who used to be Knicks, being in his ear this offseason, is going to play in him potentially either going to New York or maybe staying or going somewhere else.
1: There's a lot of different things in my opinion. He's a Northeastern guy. So that kind of, that's what scares me. He's, he's a Northeastern guy. But with that, he's been a champion two years or two years in college. He ain't going to go somewhere where he's going to lose. I, sh- I don't think that's in his build. Yep. So to say he's going to just go to the Knicks because there's money, maybe he would shock me if he did. But I think he wants to be on a competitive team and a future competitive team. and. I think that's just who he is as a basketball player. Like he's going to get his money. I mean, he, it, that I that think that's pretty well known that there's going to be no home, hometown discount. But um I don't think the Knicks scare me because they can offer it to him and he is a northeastern guy and that's just what's in the news and I'm a sucker for the the, the hot takes. But <laughs> I also know a guy, when a guy likes to win they don't want to go to a team that sucks and the Knicks have done nothing but suck and and I don't think a Jalen Brunson type of guy wants to go to a team who's just consistently rebuilding consistently has issues pulls guys there who claim they love it and then two years later are throwing a fit and leave like I don't I think he's smarter than that
0: yeah I totally agree um, you got anything else on the Mavs before we we wrap it up? No,
1: just let's get it.
0: Let's get got it. Two more need them. Mavs and seven. Mavs and seven. All right. Um, shout outs and closeouts. Anybody want to shout out before we we officially officially wrap it up? Shout out T
1: Bone T Langston. Um, <laughs> that's my guy. He, he always has the worst takes
0: on the block. He was on the pod the other day. Oh, was he? Yeah, me was him and, good? Me him and. ZG did a three way and
1: uh, I'm sure that was a blast
0: dude it was so funny because like me and ZG are going at it and T-Lang just kind of would like throw questions in there to like to rile us up it was great oh he's a spoon
1: (laughs) he's literally a spoon oh for sure he likes to stir the pot (laughs) that's all he likes to do hey shout out to ZG that's my guy
0: still oh yeah
1: he uh, as crazy as he is and as terrible as his takes are I mean as much as we went back and forth (laughs) he's still my guy
0: Oh, for sure. That's, yeah, that's that's the one thing about sports and talking sports is like, you know, you can disagree and go at each other's throats. But at the end of the day, most people understand like it's just sports and it's easy to kind of see past.
1: And most of our takes are biased anyways.
0: Oh, they are without a doubt. Because <laughs> I, I can
1: admit more than anybody, I'm a freaking diehard Cowboys fan to the day I die. I'm probably one of the most biased out there.
0: Oh, for, okay. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, shout out to the Reddies. Oh, shout out to
1: the Reddies. The boys are cooking. I mean, it was a tough loss in the championship, but hey, the boys are boys are buzzing. We're gonna we're gonna go right back to this regional. And I mean, I think we're hot. I mean, we gotta we have a Spencer Tack. That's like the Avengers saying we have a Hulk. I mean, come on, let's be real. Shout out, Sp- and, I mean, sh- the shout boys out to Spencer Tack. Yeah, shout out to Spencer Tack. He's That's gonna be draft. That's a that's a miffle. And that boy's gonna be in the league. And he should it's, be it's it's gonna be awesome a lot. <laughs> shout out to AC, Austin Cross, the boys, the boys who stayed back and grinded it another year. Love them all. Love to see success on them. Um, definitely want to see some more dubs. I think we got it. I think we just had a little falter in that championship game, but that's why we built the season to be to
0: be in the regional. For sure. And uh last one from me, shout out to Jackson Murphy. He likes like all my tweets and I really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Let's go, Jay Murph. That that boy's a Twitter warrior. I always see him on Twitter. I love it. Shout out Jay Murph. That's my dog too. Oh man. I love that guy. Oh, hey, shout out, shout out Jay Reed. Shout out Jake Dunn. Shout out Bryson
0: Haskins for the the robbery.
1: Hey, shout out Bryson Haskins. Shout out Ethan Perry getting on John Boy Media. Hey
0: (laughs) oh.
1: Yeah. Shout out all the boys. We love them all. Shout out Miffles. (laughs) <laughs> and shout out you for letting me come on. I, I really appreciate it. First time on. Dude, when where we went oh dude, we did this every single day at practice. Every they don't day. Even, the fans don't even know.
0: They don't. They don't even know. And um we're gonna have to do a a podcast celebration when the Mavericks win two in a row.
1: Oh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm I'm gonna light up. I got Dirk as Jesus on a candle in my in my room right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm lighting it up, I'm putting on my jersey, I'm throwing fireworks off my apartment. It on my carbon balcony, it's it's over with.
0: Let's do it. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. All right. Well, thank you again, bro, for coming on. It's been it's been a blast, dude.
1: Oh, anytime. I, it was definitely uh, definitely so much fun. First podcast ever. I thought it went great. I, th- I think you do a great job. And, thank uh, you, man. I, I can't wait for this to blow up.
0: For sure, bro. For sure. So that's gonna do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back again, hopefully soon, with another take for you guys.